Ephesians 1.19. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power. And here it's, he's talking, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to believers and say that God has a power. Not only is God powerful, but there's a, a exceeding greatness of His power to us or towards us. And that uh, Paul, and the Holy Ghost through Paul, is writing that the believers are to know this and to walk in it according to His mighty power. We don't have time to read the whole passage, but we're doing this book, How to Abstain, How to Obtain Fullness of Power. The last couple of weeks, and we'll continue tonight, is the power of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit have power to do? Okay, that's what we've been looking at. Last week, we looked at the fact that the Holy, Holy Spirit has the power to uh, sanctify. Okay? The sanctifying, morally cleansing and the purifying work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And also we looked at the, at the end that the, the power of the Holy Spirit to convict or to convince or assure the believer that he actually does belong to God. Amen. We talked about that with the Holy Ghost crying, Abba, Father, in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one that does that. Uh, there's times that we doubt. There's times that we wonder because of our own weaknesses and frailty or lifestyle and a sin that we just committed or something like that or something we heard that troubled us. And maybe we wonder, am I being sanctified? Well, the Bible says God's working in us the will and do of His good pleasure. Maybe we wonder, do I really belong to the Lord? Is it possible that I can lose my salvation? And we fret and we worry. The Holy Ghost, through the Word of God, confirms if we belong to God, confirms that we belong to God. He wants us to know it. I've said, I always believe if you're lost, God wants you to know you're lost. So you can be saved, amen? And if you're saved, He wants you to know that you're saved. And when you have good days or bad days, whether you feel spiritual or gross today, however, He wants if we belong to Him, He wants us to know that we belong to Him. Our, our salvation is not that frail. You know what I mean? The Lord saves us and He keeps us. And I thank God that He is able to keep us. Tonight we're going to talk. We're going to move on to some other things that the Holy Spirit has the power to do. Specifically, two things: the Holy Ghost has the power to teach men the things of God, to take the things of Christ and to reveal them to us. Okay, and also the Holy Spirit has the power to anoint us to teach others the things of God. In other words, what we've been taught. What we've been shown spiritually, what we really get in our heart of hearts and in our spirits, we understand it. We only understand it because God showed it to us. And then we want to share that with others. God would have us to do that. Amen. He says we're ambassadors for Christ. All that have been reconciled to God have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry. Oh, I wonder what my ministry is. Well, that's one right there for every believer. Every believer is a child, is a believer has the ministry of reconciliation. How do I go about this? I go about it by the Word of God and the anointing and the empowering of the Holy Spirit to make me effective as a minister of the Gospel and you. When we go Friday night, we're going to totally be dependent upon the Lord. Specifically on uh, the Holy Ghost to magnify Jesus Christ and to lift Him up. Okay, so this is what we're talking about tonight. The, the power of the Holy Spirit to take the things of Jesus and reveal them 
to a lost man and a saved man. Okay? And then to anoint us or use us or empower us to be ministers of the gospel as well. Y'all turn with me and open it with the first scripture we're going to read on this study, on this thought, is John chapter 16, verse 13. John 16, 13. Jesus said, How be it? When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I know you know these scriptures, they're so familiar. But we're going to study tonight. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So here, right off the bat, and there are several others we're going to look at similar to this. The Holy Spirit has the power to guide believers or lead believers into truth. Into all truth. Okay, again, we don't have to seek some uh, man... We don't have to seek some guru sitting on the top of a hill that's locked, you know, up on a mountaintop or locked away in a closet in some you know, monastery or something like that. We, we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it is the privilege, I guess you would say, of every believer to be taught by the Holy Spirit. He is a teacher, okay? Spirit of truth is a teacher, the Holy Spirit. Each believer is independent of human teachers. You know, we talk about the priesthood of the believers sometimes, or maybe you've heard that before. The Bible calls us that, right? A royal nation, holy nation, royal priesthood. Um, that we, we, God has made us kings and priests unto the Lord by the blood of Jesus. Well, there's an independence that we have. Yes, we're a body of Christ, but every believer can stand on their own as well as far as like, discerning truth from error uh, and things like that that we can we can be taught and are taught and we ought to desire to be taught by the Holy Spirit it does not mean that we don't learn from other men that God doesn't have men and women and other people you know we think about the fivefold ministry that's spoken of in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, you know apostles and teachers and so forth God has those and they're a blessing to the church but but we also have the greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit. And He ought to be teaching through those other teachers that we sit under. Okay? So it's not an arrogance that I don't need you to teach me. It's because I think if we're being taught by the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be more eager to hear other people what God has taught them. There'll be a humility. There'll be a meekness. If, if God has taught us a lot, you know, I even think about someone like Clendenin who, gosh, in some ways I would look at him, you know, when I was a younger pastor and I would see him, an uh, aged man uh, with the experiences in life and in Christ that he had and wisdom and so forth. And like I said, great experiences really out there on the front lines of the work of Christ. And it could be intimidating sometimes because I'd pick him up in the car and, you know, bring him to dinner or bring him... To, to wherever and we would have some talks and so I, it, there's a but he was also very humble and I thought that about uh, Dave Hunt as well I spent time one on one with him or in a little small group and we eat over at Reggie and John's house after after he would preach in our church and still very humble and, and not lording it over people and arrogant so though every man is taught by the Holy Spirit 
it doesn't mean we we don't receive from other people. The one who's thought the most ought to be receiving the most from other people, more more most willing to do that. Amen. It also does not mean when I say that we're independent from others, it doesn't mean we're independent from the word. Okay? Like I don't need the Bible. I've got the Holy Spirit. The instrument that the Holy Spirit uses, the sword of the Spirit, right, is the Word of God. And so that's what he uses. But it does mean this. We may learn much from men, but we're not dependent upon them. So keep this in mind. And there's a real balance there. There's a real truth, and a real road to travel through that biblically. I'm going to say it again. We're, we are... Uh, while we may learn from men, we are not dependent upon them. We have a divine teacher, divine teacher, the Holy Spirit. So what, what, what we're saying is that if anybody, if we find ourselves totally dependent upon an individual, what happens if they die and the Lord calls them home? What happens if they get off and they start preaching something that's not true? What if they're not around when I need them? You know what I'm saying? God does never wants us to be that dependent upon someone. Doesn't mean we don't go to for people for counsel or go to sit under the Word of God like we do here all consistently. It does mean that you're not. We're not to make ourselves dependent. We're not to make ourselves dependent, and whoever is ministering the Word to us ought not put himself in that position to make you dependent or feel like. You're dependent upon them. It's not of God. It's not healthy. And uh, we're not dependent. I want to look at a couple of scriptures that really make this clear. Look at 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. These are two really good scriptures on this point. 1 John 2 verse 20 and we'll skip down to 27. Verse 20 says, But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Well, I would say, well, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't know every spiritual thing. But every believer has the Holy Ghost. And the knowledge is there. In other words, we can go to the Lord and everything of God will be taught to us and revealed to us. You have an unction. He's not saying pray for this unction. He's saying you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. And look at verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of Him that abideth in you. That's the Holy Spirit. But the anointing which you have received of Him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. So he's saying you don't need what we need is Jesus. Amen. What we need is the Lord. What we need... Uh, what if somebody's the only believer in Saudi Arabia? They don't have a pastor. You know, that, that's studied up and prepared and prayed to preach to them. They just got saved. God revealed Himself to them in a dream. And they called out to Jesus. Can they grow in the Lord? Can they understand the things of God? Yes, they can. They can. And if they get a hold of a Bible and there's not a man to teach them, God will teach them. Give me understanding. And that's, that's the point. And that's what he's saying here. You don't need 
that any man teach you. doesn't mean we should shy away from teachers or anything like that. It's a blessing, amen? It's a blessing that the Holy Spirit... In fact, we'll never really know truth until we are taught by the Holy Spirit. You can have the most wonderful, blessed pastor, preacher, teacher, Sunday school teacher in the world, Bible study, study teachers, that they are anointed. But if you're not being taught by the Holy Spirit, if you're not grasping this truth as revealed to you by the Holy, Holy Spirit, it's really not, you're really not being taught. Even though you could repeat what somebody just taught you, you have to be taught, and so do I have to be taught by the Holy Ghost. For it to really become mine, that's the greatest truth of all. You know, that's why I appreciate it. Remember months ago when we did those, uh, in Sunday school we had different couples and different people in our church giving, uh, basically sharing testimonies and things like that. Uh, there were things that, <clears throat> that they knew, that you knew and I knew, but once the Holy Ghost teaches you, then it's like it's this mind that can't be taken from you. Our series on tithing, for example, or stewardship. Oh, I've heard it all the time. God blesses those that give. And it's kind of like you know it. You know it's a biblical principle and so forth and a New Testament principle. But when you start to do it, and the Holy Ghost says, put your hand to the plow, so to speak, and start to give. And then you see the blessings. You, you have that assurance in your own heart. And a thousand teachers could never teach you what the Holy Ghost could teach you in a moment. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, and it's so wonderful that, that we, we have Him as a teacher. Again, you're not going to really know truth until He does teach us, okay? He doesn't lead us all at once. He leads us day by day. He is He, the Spirit of truth. He leads us step by step. Our eyes open this much, okay? And we walk in that light and our eyes open some more spiritually. That's why it's important that we stay in prayer. That's why we, not sometimes, not just in the times the church fasts and prays, um, but that we stay as people of prayer, dependent upon the Lord, asking, Holy Ghost, teach me. When you go to the Word of God, Holy Ghost, teach me, all right? And there's not a greater... Uh, teacher than, than the Lord. And I'll go on then the Spirit of God. The next verse, if you're still open to John 16, verse 14 says, He shall glorify Me, Christ, for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. These are simple things, but thank God for it. The Holy Ghost will receive of Mine and show it unto you. And so, this is like the Holy Spirit's one of His main ministries to human beings, okay? In the life of a believer as well as an unbeliever to take the things of Christ and to show it to people and to glorify Jesus. Nobody can magnify the Lord like the Holy Spirit. We could have poetry written and songs that are beautiful and bring you to tears about Jesus, but nobody can glorify Jesus Christ and magnify Him and lift Him up in your mind, in your heart, in a congregation, in our spirits. Uh, nobody can magnify Him like the Holy Spirit. Amen. Taking the things of Christ and lifting Him up. He does it through the Word of God. He does it to people that are humble, people that are seeking Him, people that are dependent upon Him, and not haughty, right? The meek will lead God with His eyes. He wants to lead humble people and teach us. 
He's actually longing to magnify Jesus Christ. And I think we need to get out of the way. If we're ministering or being ministered to, to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do what He can do. In our service Friday night, I pray that the Lord will get us out of the way and He will do what He can only He can do. Uh, and so He takes the things of Christ and reveals them to us. Let's look at chapter 14. John 14, verse 26. John 14, 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And these are all real similar. It's a similar theme, but it is slightly different. Well, this is something else the Holy Ghost can do for believers. He can take, He can bring to our remembrance the things that the Lord has spoken to our hearts. Some of us in here have been saved for a long time. We've heard more sermons than we can remember. More Bible studies. Listen to more on you know, CDs and on, online and so forth. But the Holy Ghost is able to bring those things to remembrance. It's not just a mental thing where I've memorized it. Uh, although I'm all for memorizing. You know that I, I believe in that. I do that myself. But it's greater than that. The Holy Spirit is, to bring, is able to bring to remembrance the words of Christ. The Word of the Lord. And He does it just it seems like when we need it the most. And I know we've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again. Have there been occasions in your life where you were maybe thrust into a position of counseling somebody that was desperate or suddenly found yourself witnessing to a person or group of people and a question comes. They challenge you with a question or they just don't know what to do and you're not sure what to do. And the Holy Spirit brings a Scripture, a truth from the Word of God to your mind, to your remembrance. And you didn't even know that you knew that Scripture. That's happened to me so many times. I didn't really know that Scripture. I didn't know I had memorized that Scripture. Some I've consciously memorized. But I didn't know I knew it like that. But the Lord brought it. I've read it before. Heard it before, and right now is God wants to speak it to that person. He wants to equip me to be a minister of Jesus, and I need to know the words of Christ. And the Holy Ghost is there, He never leaves us, He's always there. He does it at the most perfect times. But I, I do honestly believe, and the Word of God would agree with this the more time you spend in God's Word, and meditating on God's Word, reading it, studying it, uh, teaching it yourself, in prayer, prayer in the Word, and the Word in prayer, the more equipped you're going to be. And uh, But that's just a wonderful ministry of the Lord to bring that to our, to our remembrance right when we're in need. Amen? In our greatest time of need. And it seems like we're often uh, in need for the Lord to do that. And, and uh, another thing, let's look at, here's a wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, if you are called upon to minister, I know we had the ladies' Bible study in our house last night, and Jenna taught, and I heard it was wonderful. All that have taught, and others that haven't taught, I know that God's anointed you and gifted you to teach, uh, to witness. And sometimes that gets a little harder, a little scarier 
to witness to strangers and things like that. But if we'll basically cast ourselves upon the Lord and be t- in prayer and be totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit, He's going to give us a real peace. If we'll know without a doubt that the Holy Ghost is with me, He wants to glorify Jesus. He can do it better than anyone. He wants to do it in my life and through my life. And He can bring me bring those things to remembrance when I need them. Whether I was prepared or maybe unprepared for a certain, you know, witnessing and so forth. God will give us a real peace about that. Cast yourself fully upon the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I am dependent upon You. I know the Gospel, but... You know, I, I can't do anything if you don't do it through me. It's not going to be effective. It's not going to go anywhere. It's going to be hitting a brick wall if you don't do it through me. Do it through me. And He wants to. And He's going to do it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 10-14. Let's read this whole passage. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. This is the Holy Spirit. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? This is a comparison. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, as believers, okay, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This is all a work of the Holy Ghost, okay? But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You know that passage, right? Especially that last one we hear all the time. Not only does the natural man not receive the things of Christ, the things of God, the truths of the Lord, he cannot receive them. It's literally impossible. If he set his mind to it for the next 75 years, he could not grasp the least little bit of spiritual truth. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. Not only can he not receive those things, to the lost man and the natural man, those things are foolishness. It's kind of like, again, with the passage that Clarissa was reading during the praise and worship. Uh, that people think it's ridiculous that we're here tonight. They do. A lost world almost has pity upon us and shakes their head at these poor, pathetic Christians. Okay? They, they not only don't get it, they refuse to get it, and they think it's foolishness. But the Holy Ghost turns the light bulb on. And He's the only one that can. You cannot. That doesn't mean God can't use you you know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean God can't use you and you're the one that gets to bring them to Christ. But what's taking place in all that with you and another person is a work of God. And He has to do it. So there again, we need to cast ourselves upon Him. Like fall upon the Lord. I need you. I need you, Lord, to do this. And the longer you've been serving God, you don't become less dependent upon the Lord. You become more dependent upon the Lord for doing even what we consider the simplest things in, in the ministry of the Lord. We need Him. So He takes not only the things of God, but He says the deep things of God. He searches them. 
And he takes the deep, deep things of God and reveals them to us. Again, it has nothing to do with your intellect. It has nothing to do with somebody that has a master's, a PhD, or college education. It has everything to do with their faith in God, their dependency upon the Lord, their closeness and nearness to God, and their willingness to be taught by the Holy Spirit. I know that you know y'all doing the series, the ladies on why God used D.L. Moody. But one of the things is he was humble. He wasn't pretentious. He was meek. He he fully relied upon the Lord to set him aside and to do it. He was not. Uh, some people even uh, criticized him because of his his grammar or his, he wasn't eloquent and so forth. He talked in the common everyday language of people, and some people frowned upon that. But he was the one winning people to Christ. Amen. He was the one with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people giving their lives to the Lord in the simplest gospel messages. It was the working of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. Revelation is like uh, lifting the curtain, full disclosure. We talked about that Sunday in Sunday school. We started our series on Revelation. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit reveals. He also interprets. And He gives us the power to understand. He's not just showing it to us, okay, like a movie, and we've scratched our heads saying, I don't get it. Deep things of God. He, he shows it to us, and then He gives the believer the power to discern it and to grasp it and to understand it. We say, oh, I get it. I understand it. it. It's just, again, a wonderful thing. He's the author of the Word of God. Let's look at this just real quickly. 2 Peter chapter uh, 1. So the author knows how to teach his, his book. 2 Peter 1.21 For the prophecy, speaking about all the Word of God, okay? The prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Word of God is not a man-made thing. From Genesis to Revelation, men of God that knew God and walked with God, that had a relationship with Him, God chose certain of them to write what He moved them to write, specifically by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. Right? And the Holy Spirit can teach us the Word of God. And when we look to Him, the darkest, deepest secrets of God and His Word that other people struggle over, God can reveal it to us in a moment. And He, he does that for us all the times. All the time. And, and uh, the Bible says in Psalm 119.18, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. So what is he saying? He didn't just say, oh, I'm going to go to and get wonderful things from your law. David said, open now my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. He already had the law. He might have memorized parts of it or all of it. I don't know. But he, said, he was dependent upon the Lord. Open now my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And, and let's keep reading. Uh, if you're still in 1 Corinthians, 
I want us to look at chapter two. I mean, chapter one, verses twenty-five through twenty-eight. First Corinthians one twenty-five through twenty-eight. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For we, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. He, it's, it's that... <coughs> is that no flesh, he goes on to say, with glory in his presence. It is a work of God. It's a wisdom of God. It's a revelation knowledge of God. It's a teaching of the Holy Spirit. And we have to put our own strength away. This is one of the things that we have to learn and I have to learn. We have to put our own strength and abilities aside. If God wants to use any of that, he can. But... He wants me to set that aside and be totally dependent upon Him. From my own personal growth in Him, my own personal grasping of the truths of God's Word, for any kind of ministry, any service, anything we do for the Lord, to set those things aside. Emptying always has to precede filling, doesn't it? Emptying has to precede filling. We have to be empty so God can fill us. You know, if I'm, even as a believer, if I'm full of self, God, I'm so useful to you. I'm so good at this. I've got such a knowledge of the Bible. I've memorized so many scriptures. I'm so qualified. I've been serving you for so many years. I've won this many people to you. And I, 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 all of this. God's going to set me on the side for a little while until I learn something. Emptying has to proceed filling. I need to set us every time that I step into this pulpit or you teach Sunday school or kids in the Sunday school class every time. We need to be emptied of ourselves and filled with the Spirit. Six months ago doesn't do it for today. Yesterday doesn't do it for today. It's an attitude as well of that emptying and dependence upon the Lord. Andrew Murray said this. He said, each time you come to the Word and study in hearing a sermon or reading a Christian book, there ought to be uh, a distinct denying of your own wisdom and yielding yourself in faith to the divine teacher, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it again. Each time you come to the Word and study and hearing a sermon or reading a Christian book, there ought to be a distinct denying of your own wisdom and yielding yourself in faith to the divine teacher. Every time. Okay? This, this is wonderful for me to hear. It's wonderful for all of us to hear. Um, and now I want to move on to this. And this will be our last thought for tonight. The Holy Spirit has the power to impart from us to others. You can't give what you don't have. You ever heard that before? You know, think about Peter and John when they're going to the temple to pray in Acts uh, chapter 3, I believe. And they meet the lame man. And they said, we don't have any silver or gold. Truth, okay? They didn't. They weren't lying to the man to hold, hold back from him. But they said, but such as we have, we give unto you. 
such as we have. What did they have? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It's a whole lot better than silver and gold. There was a power in them. The power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot give what you don't have. Remember the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out demons by the, in the name of Jesus who Paul preached. The demons said, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but we don't know you. They had no authority. Okay? And we know that story. It's a wonderful uh, truth that's taught there. But if we're going, going to be used to minister to others, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect in Christ. It doesn't mean we have to be perfected. It doesn't mean we have to be the Bible answer man. It doesn't mean any of that. It does mean we need to know Christ. We need to be filled with the Spirit, dependent upon the Spirit, led by the Spirit, taught by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And God will take the things of the Holy Spirit specifically will take the things that the truths that we know that He has revealed to us. Right? He interpreted it to us. He revealed it to us and imparted it to us. And then He's able to pour that out through us. Through our words, through our love, through our prayers to another person, to a big group of people, to a 5,000 you know, seat stadium, whoever we're ministering to. The Holy Spirit has the power to do that. And here's the main scripture I want us to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. Paul says, And I, brethren, so he's speaking to believers. He's the one that brought the gospel to Corinth. And these people got saved and the church started. He's talking to brothers in Christ, although they were carnal, although they were babes, they were still Christians. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You ought to highlight that in the Bible. Okay? It's a wonderful passage. All of us minister in some way. You know what I mean? We teach, uh, we're all teaching our own kids. If you're a parent, you're teaching children. We're all ministering in some capacity. And the truths that are set forth, I did not come to you in verse 1 with excellency of speech and wisdom. I was with you in weakness and fear and trembling. But I did come this way. I desired that my speech and preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom of verse 4, but in demonstration of who? The Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And I've said it a bunch of times, and you've heard it a bunch of times. I pray you be patient with me if I repeat myself. But if, if it's just me, even as a Christian, if I'm just going in my strength, you know, it's like I, I preached a really good sermon one time on whatever, uh, He abided faithful. Oh, I'll just whip that sermon out again and for a new crowd and throw it out there. And, you know, I've got this. That's not how it works. God may lead me to preach that identical sermon, but He's got to lead me to do it. And you know what? That time I preached it the second time or third or fifth. Clint didn't preach the same sermons a lot of times. But every time, 
He had to be dependent upon the Holy Ghost to anoint him, to know that's what God wanted to say, and then to anoint him to say it to where these people who had never heard it before, or maybe many had heard it before, that it's hitting them fresh and new. It's hitting them like the air of the Lord, you know, going forth. Or the sword of the Lord is cutting their hearts. And it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, verse 5, but in the power of God. We don't want our faith to stand in the wisdom of men. We already looked earlier, the wisdom of man is nothing, it's foolishness to God. I don't want my faith to stand based on the wisdom of men or wise teachers. I want my faith to stand in God. I want my faith to stand in the power of God, he says here. For the Holy Spirit is the power of God, right? He is. That word power of the dunamis is, is referring to the working of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, just listen to this. You don't have to turn there, but another scripture is real similar. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 Our Gospel, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, came not unto you in word only, but it also in power and assurance and in the Holy Ghost. So he's repeating it there again. That was a pattern. Okay? Our Gospel came not to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance or conviction. That, that word assurance means entire confidence. Okay? And so think about that. The Holy Spirit enables believers to communicate. Not only does it communicate to us, but enables us to communicate these truths to others with the same exact quality or power or effectiveness. You know, we've talked about it before, like you, you put a copy on a copy machine, right? And you got the original that maybe you hand wrote or something or painted a painting and you copy it, copy it, copy it. It looked pretty good to the eye, but somewhere down, down the line, the 50,000th copy is not going to be exactly as perfect as the original. But that's not the way it is with the Holy Spirit. He could speak a truth to, to Chris Wilcox's life. And bing, he's just so, uh, it's a revelation to him. The light is a full disclosure of this truth. And he walks in that light. And then a week later, he reveals it to me. Maybe he reveals it through Chris to my life. It's not a secondary, uh, second generation it's a first generation. God doesn't have grandchildren. He's only got children. And so the light comes fully to me like it did to Chris or whoever. Somebody you witnessed to a hundred years from now if the Lord tarries. And um, one, of the, one of the definitions of that word, that dunamis, you know, in Acts 1 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word power means. Um, miraculous power, supernatural power. But one of the definitions was uh, power to, uh, to reproduce after light kinds. So you have to think about that for just a minute. Power to reproduce light kinds, like exact replicas. Those that Peter and preached to on Pentecost, they got saved, the 3,000, they were no less Christians than Peter was. Hadn't walked with the Lord as long and so forth. He might have been more mature, but the life that was in Peter, as soon as they believed that same exact life, not a second generation life, the same life of the Holy Ghost was in them. 
you know, that's taught. I just want to read it myself. If you want to turn it to the can, we're about to close, but uh, Genesis. This is right off the bat, the first chapter of the Bible in creation. Genesis chapter 1, 11 and 12. Genesis 1, 11 and 12. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit. How? After his kind, whose seed is in itself. Well, that seed is the Word of God. You know, for us, not, not in creation, but the Word of God upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Not a little bit less, a little bit less, a little weaker, a little, little different, a little mutated, a little less. It's the exact same apple with the seed in the apple. And the seed brings forth a new apple tree. And the, the apple tree brings forth the apple in, in its season. And it's exactly like the first one. It's not any less of an apple. And it has seeds in itself <coughs> to give birth to a new apple tree that bears apples with seeds in it that will produce trees like it. Like the first one. That's God's creation. And that's a new birth as well. The new creation in Christ. I just think that's exciting. I really do. I think it's exciting. God's no less God today. We would believe that. He's no less at work in believers are powerful as he was the day of Pentecost with Peter. Or Peter and John going to the temple. The same Holy Ghost that raised the lame man up who later went, a few minutes later went and praised the God with him in the temple is the same Holy Ghost that is just as powerful and effectual and effective through our lives. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's a wonderful thing. And I'm going to close with this thought tonight. Author of this book um, mentions a couple of things. He mentions three causes of failure, he says, in Christian work. And he says, first, some other message is taught than the message with the, which the Holy Ghost has revealed in the Word. So there will be a failure if I'm going to preach, but I'm not preaching the truth as revealed in the Word of God, or I'm not preaching what God really gave me for that night or for that moment, and I'm just saying something. That, could be, that would be a failure. doesn't mean God's failed. People can fail. Christians can fail at times. Yeah, three main causes for failure in Christian work, okay, in service. Some other message other than what the Holy Ghost has revealed in the Word is being taught. That'd be failure number one if we want to rank them this way. In other words, men might preach uh, science or art or philosophy or poetry. They might preach their own experiences continually and not bring the Word of God in there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and maybe they preach sociology. I think that's big in our day. The social friendly gospel, which is not completely the truth of the Word of God. That would be a failure. Um, secondly, the Holy Spirit taught message uh, is, is, studied, uh, is studied, but it's understood without the teaching of the Holy Ghost. I just get it in my head. I go with it but I didn't take time for the Holy Ghost to reveal it to me. And I'm going to preach that to someone else. Maybe I heard someone else preach it and it was really good. And now I'm going to preach it. 
you know, I'll be honest, I'm just being honest with y'all. Every time I'm preparing and praying, I'll always say, Lord, please deliver me from preaching something just because I heard someone else preach it and it was good. Deliver me from preaching something I read in a book that I agreed with and it was good. I need you to make it real to me. I need you to make it mine. Make it personal to me. And I think that could be a failure in my ministry and anybody's ministry is that even if it's true, it wasn't, it wasn't personal to me. Holy Ghost taught to me. And we need to wait on the Lord till it is Holy Ghost taught to us before we can go around teaching other people. Okay? That could be a failure. And third of all, it could be the right message that we're preaching. We're preaching the truth of God's Word. It's been revealed to us. But maybe we're, we're preaching with enticing words of man's wisdom. We do have, we have grasped the spiritual truth, but we think for this audience, I need to do it this way. And just in my mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use these words for this group. In the prison, I'm going to use these words. And then here, I'm going to use these words. And, and it may be that God would lead us that way, but make sure it's the Lord leading you that way and not just you trying to do it. I, I was very, very blessed over all the years of going into Hunt Prison, really about 20 years. Some of the, those times out there with a handful of guys, you know, 8 to 12 or 15 guys, once a month pretty much for 20 years. It was just so relaxing just to go. And I never felt like I had to, uh, to speak to them a certain way because they're inmates or they're streetwise or they're this. Or, you know, uh, when I bring my guitar every Wednesday when I would go and, and sing, I never felt like I had to do just uh, honestly, just like music I thought they would like based on their culture or upbringing. I would sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, and they loved it. You know what I mean? They were just worshiping God. And so that was something that I think the Lord helped led me and, and delivered me from any of that desire to, to feel like I had to tailor it to an audience. God can tailor. I'm not saying, I'm not saying He might not do that. If I'm speaking to fifth graders, it might be different than I'm preaching to you know, adults. But still, I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm going to let the Lord, maybe He'll give different examples or something like that. But it still needs to be anointed by the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. not with enticing words of man's wisdom, where I in my mind say, this is what I need to do for this group. This is what I need to do for that group. Why don't I let the Holy Spirit teach me and lead me? Because I might be 100% wrong. You know, there, there was maybe through and, and they say, why did you dumb it down? Why didn't you just lay it out there and tell us? You know, uh, God is, uh, wants us to, to be able to do that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with the Holy Spirit's the one that, that does that. When it says in demonstration, back in the last scripture we read, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, now speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of, and of of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and of power. That would have been His model. That would have been His model over and over and over and over again. Corinth, Thessalonica, Philippi, wherever He went, whatever audience, uh, when He was arrested and brought before Felix and brought before Festus and brought before the 
whoever the Jews and brought before the, the, the Romans, it would have been the same. And that, again, gives us a great peace and a great, we can relax and know the Holy Spirit's got it. He's going to teach through us. If we got one thing from the message tonight, I pray it would be to realize our dependency upon the Lord. The sufficiency of the Holy Spirit to do what we want to do, what He certainly wants to do, and to cast ourselves upon Him in prayer all the time. Not sometimes, but all the time. And allow Him to do it. And so, Father, we come before You tonight.